This is exactly right. Georgia. That's Georgia. Thanks for Two girls, me. one murder. <laughs> Obsessed with true crime, both of us. With bad things. Bad things happening. We love it. We want to know all about it so it'll never happen to us. And it turns out so do a lot of other people. Yeah. Because lots of people have been telling us about how much they like it. I, we, get, we got a lot of emails from the last episodes of people telling us their town murders, which I love and is like so exciting. And we haven't read them yet because we want to surprise each other with it. Yes. But so many, I, I would look at the first line in Gmail and it would say like these little things because I'm fucking curious and I want to know what they say. But yeah. so many people are like, I didn't, uh, I'm so, I was always so embarrassed that this is a thing that I was into, which I'm like, what? You got to talk to everyone about it. I know. Well, that's how, that's how I felt when I was younger. Yeah. Like that I was like crazy or people or would think that you wanted to murder people right exactly and then the second i started doing stand-up and every other stand-up comic knew every serial killer backwards and oh. forwards i was like oh i get it i wonder what it is Anx- anxious people yeah <laughs> it's that probably and it's so fascinating yeah it's like the worst of humanity yeah i wonder if it's a little ocd-ish too where you're like oh, i need to know everything about this now yeah and everything that's related to it yeah, please help help me prepare for when I run face to face into John Wayne Gacy. Because now you and I are going to be able to fucking beat up any serial killer murderer. I found a new podcast, not new, it's really old, but they talk about murders and stuff a lot. And I, maybe I shouldn't plug it because then it's like, go ahead. No, it's really good. It's called Have You Thinking Sideways podcast. No, I've never heard of that. It's like a girl and two dudes, and they just talk about like weird shit, and I a like lot of it is murder. It's great. I like it. I started listening to Joe DeRosa and Pat Walsh's podcast, I'll See You in Hell. Oh, my God. Which, because I had to drive home from San Francisco yesterday, yeah. six hours, so oh I listened goodness. to many. And it was really hilarious. I recommend that. What do People they talk like. about? They talk about They put movies? on a horror movie, and but then they just talk over it. You can't hear it or anything. They just tell you what movie it is, and they talk about it incidentally as they have conversations. It sounds like it shouldn't work, but I bet it's fucking great. Well, it's so great because they both have these insane comprehensive encyclopedic knowledge of movies so any tangent they go on they know exactly who and what they're talking about which of course was a real sore spot for me as I anytime I bring up a subject I'm like you know that thing (laughs) that happened that time hold on hold on well you need like the right person to fill in the the blanks and you're just like Oh, this is why I'm friends with you is because you, you like, I was just rambling and you were, and you filled it in and that's the best. That's what we do, right? It's totally what we do. Oh, I was going to make you say the last part. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't work. I guess I'm not good at that part. It's on this podcast. I do. do. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm really excited audience because Georgia got new couches. And when I was listening to our first episode, there's a sound in the background (gasps) the entire time and it's it's that. me squeaking on my couch like I'm just mo- constantly moving around oh it was a leather couch I'm it was sorry. making me laugh so hard oh god I, I didn't even it. notice that. so that's but no it's all cleared up I got these for um, podcasting so that yeah, they don't make background noise in podcasting perfect podcasting mm-hmm. couch you can write them off <laughs> wait not that I make any money on podcasting <laughs> this is not a money making venture everyone don't quit your job you never know you don't ever know you don't ever know you don't ever know like getting murdered 
Yep. Yeah. Uh, should we jump into it or should we talk about making a murderer? Have you been reading all the making a murderer theories? Well, the natural backlash has happened. Yeah. Um, pretty sure he's guilty now. <laughs> Are you? I'm pretty sure he's guilty now. Are you really? Yes. <laughs> uh, I think that's very um, adult of you to be able to change positions. Yeah. Really? It doesn't feel good. Well, look, that. here's the thing. And this is the this is the one thing I agree with. In general, I think he's innocent. And I think very bad things are happening in that uh -huh. state. I think people, there's a natural backlash when you get kind of spoon fed an answer, not an right. answer, but like a villain. And like, here's, here's really what happened. And they're leaving just enough pieces free so you can put the mystery together yourself. Yeah. And then everyone thinks they got it and they're on it. Well, so, the, yeah. so there's always the hot take of like, no, actually. Right. Because everyone wants to know details. Right. Well, that's the problem is the people who are looking up details are like, oh, this documentary was really one-sided and you guys left so much shit out, which makes me suspect of you. Yeah. And suspect of your uh, your conclusion. Yeah, but none of the details that I read, and I admittedly only read maybe two articles, mm -hmm. skimmed, half skimmed, while I was doing two other things. Mm -hmm. But the, the piece of evidence that they brought up didn't sway me uh, toward him. They didn't, it was like that thing of like... Uh, Which one was it? I, I don't think it's proof. The things that they mention... Uh, that was evidence that got left out was not stronger evidence than like bones in yeah. the fire pit or do you know what I think I think that someone on that property someone's did it but maybe it wasn't Steve Avery and I think Brendan Dassey knows or participated in it really yeah because if you go back which I've done now and read his whole 10 hours of transcript there's yeah. shit they're not feeding him that are too it's too much of a narrative. But he said it's from Kiss the Girls. <laughs> I remember that part near the end. I know. Like, I in love the that courtroom, part. he's like, it's from Kiss the Girls. Yeah, no, he might have made that up. There's some shit that it's like, this really, this is a narrative you're telling, and you're too stupid to like make up a, this story that sounds this, this much of a narrative. Right. It's just that no zero blood anywhere i know well, that, which is why i'm like may, it probably happened somewhere else and it wasn't maybe it wasn't steve i just just oh, I changed see, it's been three minutes and i've already changed my mind the family was... well no i mean i think that's good you have to continually reapproach yeah. it uh like the district circuit court judge that you are and always stay neutral <laughs> I am. did you know i went to school yeah for that? um but i i don't know i i'm much more interested in like you can tell that there's a very real systemic problem. In oh, that. that's uh, not even. I'm not talking about that. Yeah, that shit's. Those people do whatever they want. Yeah. You can tell that 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 district attorney just does whatever he wants. I think the key was planted. I think that probably maybe the blood was planted. I I don't think that he got a fair trial and everything. The, it's what's interesting. One of the things that I kind of led me down a rabbit hole is people are saying that the key that they found that's a spare key. That's like maybe the brother there. Like we know it's Stephen Avery, and he gave him the spare key. The brother gave her spare key to him to like plant. And there's like a photo that they keep showing of her standing by her car with her camera and stuff, and you can see her big old keychain, mm -hmm. her holding it in there. It's like so that her purse wasn't found, nothing was found. So, and then the ex-boyfriend. There's the picture where he has a scratch on his hand, right? Like like a human fingernail scratch that's mm. really long. Yeah, I, I don't know. think they had anything to do with it. I think they probably found the car, 
I, but I bet they like trespassed onto the CV. This is all based on shit that I've read on Reddit too, by the way. I'm not taking any fucking credit for this. No, no. Um, found the car because they knew that she, she was going there. Called the cops up and it was an illegal fucking fine. And so they made that, that woman who was in the search party go find the car. Right. Does this but, make any, nobody, anyone who's listening who hasn't watched it, everyone's watched it. Everyone's watched it in America yeah. and yeah. decided. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see if anything actually really. Yeah. I, what happened with that? Did, were you reading these papers off of that anonymous uh, like file dump? No. You know, anonymous went in yeah. and like released all those files. I'm interested. I, I don't know. But then there was a thing today that that uh, was it today or yesterday that was um, there's a serial killer that they think is good for her oh, murder. Oh, I fucking told. He's in the background of a fuck uh, in the video. Yeah, and he was there's a serial killer. He was known for going to the trials of the people he would frame. Yeah, but he's a big old fat unhealthy dude. Well, sorry, what's the problem? Well, how could he like a young sprite <laughs> woman? Although I guess if you're like, help me, I need help, and you just push her in the van. Yeah, it's a classic Buffalo Bill scenario. Yeah, totally. You totally. Can you that help guy. Me out for a second. <laughs> what are you size for? Big old fat girl. <laughs> big old fat girl. <laughs> she a big old fat person. <laughs> Get me out of here, you bitch! <laughs> me and my sister just watched this that Silence of Lambs, and I was saying Clary Starling's lines two seconds before she would say them. And this is how I know my sister loves me. She never told me to Aww. shut up because we've been watching TV together for so long. She's yeah. just used to my insanity, but I couldn't not do it. That's I nice. I do that, and then I apologize the whole time, but I still keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, I come back with Vince. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I like just keep fucking doing it. Tell me his name, Dr. Lecter. How do you not do that when you know that that's what she's going to say and you can do it just like her? That's the best movie. It's really Did perfect. your niece watch it with you? No, no. Oh, no, God. No. I was like, she's going to have a nightmare for the rest of her life. <laughs> she's only nine. <laughs> no. I think I, I think I had seen it by that. I think I'm ruined. I think my, You saw it when you were nine? I think I saw it when I was very young. I don't know. Whatever. I read the book in college and actually... I was home alone all day and began to think I was Clary Starling as I was reading the book. Oh. I was so into it. I went insane. You probably were. I kind of was. Did I already tell you that story? No. Well, it's true. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient – 
Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Uh, hey, Karen. Hey. What's your favorite murder? Well, I thought it would be good that I would do a little uh, damage control since um, on our last episode, we, I, I was so it, like sloppy and inaccurate talking about Cropsy. <laughs> that was one of the ones where we were literally <laughs> guessing what the name of the thing was I was trying to talk about. Um, let everyone know that this is not an official uh, report of anything that's happened. We're not doctors. You're looking in the wrong place. If that's we're not therapists. No. Um, but the story has all of the elements of murder, um, you know, creeper, yeah. urban legend story, everything I love. It's got a mental hospital. It's yeah. got the woods. It's almost like that's you. That's too much if someone had written this thing. Yeah. It's but like it's, you can pick one or the other, but you can't have a mental hospital in the woods. It's I crazy. haven't seen it in so long. Tell me everything. Okay. So this is the story of Cropsy was an urban legend on Staten Island. And it was there was a hospital named Willowbrook. And it is a, a, a hospital for m- mentally uh, challenged children. Um, and they built it in say like the early forties and, uh, it is on Staten Island in the set in the woods and, um, it was a state institution and it was built for 4,000 patients, but by 1965, it had 6,000 children in it. It was built for how many? 4,000. So it was way over capacity and, um, and, this was back when people used to dump their children. Totally. So, and it didn't matter if they had Down syndrome or if they were very, very, you know, there was something really wrong or with them. Or they had mentally... like cerebral palsy yes. and they would just be like the later Tons days. of cerebral palsy kids were completely intelligent and 100% yeah. there, just dumped. Oh. And so what ended up happening was, of course, because it's like a state-funded hospital, so it's over, it's over, um, uh, overflowing with patients what's the word i'm looking for i <laughs> got it it's good go with it <laughs> uh, understaffed overpopulated, o- overpopulated and um so they end up uh a reporter finally goes in when we talked about it on the last episode i said something really grandiose like robert kennedy Geraldo shut it down but Geraldo rivera Geraldo rivera so but kennedy saw it in the 70 68 and said this is a snake pit this is a disgrace and they started doing all these reviews and what had happened was all these children being in this close proximity 
they found out it was like they were just in rooms naked being hosed down oh horrible there's no lighting it's crazy and a bunch of them started getting hepatitis oh, so then they had medical studies where they were testing hepatitis oh, on these children right. like might as well do some fucking scientific testing exactly well. and they were basically giving them all hepatitis they were getting it it was so anyway Oy. with all of this these social workers finally went in there saw the conditions they got a reporter in there and that's what led so a woman started writing exposés um for like a local newspaper and then that's how Geraldo got on the scene he worked as an investigative reporter for wabc in new york so he went there and they did they did an expose story that ended up winning a Peabody Holy because it was shit. so. And they just kind of like they went when their doctors were gone and stuff, right? Or the doctors let them in. The so uh, I don't know about the Geraldo part. Okay. I don't know how he got in, but but the we talked about this before when you see the videotape and there is a documentary called Willowbrook, like it's something like the Great. Uh, yeah. shame or something like something like that it's um it gets mentioned a lot in all the research but um he basically went in and like the the only lighting was yes. the light on the camera it's it looks so like creepy it looks like uh like a, a american horror story like asylum like totally it's just exactly what you think it's supposed to be like, like it would be like 30 kids in a room naked sitting like on the cuddling. floor a cement floor rocking back and forth and then they talked to one guy and he was like one of the patients and he's like i have cerebral palsy and i am completely mentally functioning on 100 percent. yeah and they yeah and i'm trapped in here right <gasps> nightmare okay so right so that alone is a nightmare Terrifying. that's willowbrook nightmare okay. geraldo being in it isn't great <laughs> but it ends up they had it with all that in the expose they passed legislation but you know about like um the rights of uh uh Civil, civil rights thing for mm -hmm. patients and stuff, all this stuff. Well, so then the urban legend pops up. So they ended up closing it in 1987, but they basically closed it in 72 or 4. Mm -hmm. After this expose came out, they shipped all of the patients to all different hospitals around, and there was only like 200 patients wow. left. So it was basically empty, and that's when the urban legend started where it was – there's a mental patient that's still on the grounds because there's a tunnel system underneath the mm. hospital. And he's living in the tunnels at night. He comes out and steals children. And that was the big thing on Staten Island in the 80s. Oh, my God. How and fucking terrifying to live in Staten Island. Crazy, right? Yeah. And so the high school kids, the big thing was go through the woods no. and get to the mental hospital and, like, touch the wall of it or whatever. Absolutely not. And Cropsy's out there with you. So, and there's a great documentary called Cropsy yeah. where they go into all this, this, they have all the information that you need if you're fascinated because it's really good and fascinating. So I just imagine like parents in the 80s being like, you be good or we're or you're, or Cropsy's going to come get you Yeah. in Staten Island. And you're like, well, actually that could happen. So actually it's happening. My mom would say, you be good or I'm going to call the Indian reservation and have them come <laughs> get you, which is like so racist. <laughs> My grandmother used to say, don't put like, if you... Ha or holding money yeah she'd say don't put it don't put it in your mouth it could have been in a chinaman's ear <laughs> like you're so, gonna a, you're gonna put money in your fucking mouth b oh my god racist racist, racist in the just in like a chipper grandma way right so anyway okay. so okay. now Go. now we're gonna introduce a new character in this in this story okay and it's a man named andre rand and he was, uh, he's described in one of the pages that I read as a mentally incompetent convicted child uh, sex offender. That's fun. So he's got it all. Yeah. And he was a janitor at Willowbrook 
from 1966 to 1968. I feel like anyone you're going to hire to be a janitor there, you have to be like, no, you're fired because why? Like, you're crazy, clearly. Yes. Well, and you've got to think if these children were being housed like animals, like no better than animals, probably worse in some ways. The staff that were there letting this happen and looking at it every day not the greatest people you're no, gonna want let's say they're not around we no. can we can we can pretty i'm sure there's a couple gems in there like i'm staying because they need me and i'm the only hope they have but the majority probably i mean in life there's probably one out of a hundred people who even like that yeah so and you get you're gonna get people who are real good with throwing a bucket of water on a bunch of <laughs> mentally ill children and walking what? out of the room you get you good with that andre okay great you've got the job okay, go, go, go. so <laughs> In the so this guy gets the job in '66. Well, uh, in '69 he it, so he works there from '66 to '68. Mm-hmm. In '69 he attempts to rape a nine-year-old girl, and just by chance a cop car is is driving by. He takes a nine-year-old girl into his car and to a, to an empty lot and uh, takes mm-hmm. off his clothes. Her clothes are off. A cop car drives by. He Sometimes gets caught. life works well, you know. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, go on. This is an upside. This yeah. is one upside in this hideous story. Uh, he gets sentenced to four years. He only serves years. Uh, ten months. You ten know the cla- <laughs> the classic scenario. Minute. I hate everything. This I is know. why we have to do this podcast. Is because our fucking penal system blows. We get because we gotta talk about it. We get we're gonna affect change. Oh, clearly <laughs> by laying on these couches. I would have gotten eleven months if it was today because of us. <laughs> so uh, he gets out. And then um, that would be 69, 71. In 72, a nine-year-old girl named Alice Pereira disappears off Staten Island. Um, Then in uh, 1981, nine years later, a seven-year-old girl named Holly Ann Hughes goes missing. um, And the eyewitnesses saw her with Rand. No way. um, And she's never seen again. And then in 1983, this is this is a real highlight for me. He picks up uh, 11 children from a YMCA in a school bus, takes them to White Castle, and then drives them to the Newark airport for five hours. And when he gets back, he gets arrested for kidnapping. Who the fuck is letting a guy who's been in prison for attempted rape drive a of fucking an, bus of children? A, a school bus. Come He's, on, the 80s. He Come rapes on. a nine-year-old, tries to rape a nine-year-old, and then goes ahead and gets him job driving Jesus. his school The bus. 80s needs to go to prison for fucking... <laughs> so, this was back before we realized children were constantly in danger. <laughs> so, in 83, mm-hmm. uh, um, an 11-year-old named Tahise Jackson disappears walking to the store. Uh, and this is 12 days after Rand is released from I prison. I bet he was buying cigarettes for his mom. Like, I bet that's what, you know? Yeah. Like, that's the 80s. I think that's what all of it. This is, because Staten Island is not that big. No. And I think it's like run down to the store for mommy. And yeah. it's probably, a, one of the girls lived in a motel. Aww, it's bad news honey. anyway. Okay. Um, so that was 11 days after he got out of prison for the kidnapping? 12 days. Fuck. 12 days. He does that. And that's the same year he did the, so, oh, so he did the YMCA school bus trick and then t- gets out of prison 12 days later this kid goes missing a girl it's a girl um and then in 84 oh, a 22 year old guy who was a really low iq goes missing uh, and then in 87 a girl named jennifer schweiger goes missing and she has down syndrome and uh several eyewitnesses saw this guy andre rand 
leading her by the hand toward the woods. I mean, that alone. There's your poster for the horror movie. So uh, they start searching for her. And after 35 days, they find her nude body in a shallow grave on the Willowbrook property. And then a couple feet, you know, several feet away, Andre Rand has a makeshift campsite. He's been living on the Willowbrook grounds. And the whole urban legend is true. And they eventually... They charge him with kidnapping and first-degree murder, but they can't make the murder stick and for Jennifer Swigert. he goes to prison Swiger. for two years? No, no, no. They get him for first-degree kidnapping, and then they bring back... And then once he's in jail for that, he gets like 20 years. Okay. Then in 2004, they put him on trial for the Holly Hughes disappearance, and he's convicted of kidnapping, and he gets... Now he's set to get out in 2035 or something like Jeez. that when he's 95. So he's in, he's in for good. They also linked him to the disappearance of Ethel Atwell and the rape murder of Shinley, who are both Willowbrook aides. So, oh, oh my God, that sucks, He's man. a beast. And he's and like, it's basically the most fascinating story of that it all was true. What a bummer to, to go to work and then the, you get killed. Like, don't go in the woods. Don't walk to the store by yourself. But you're like, I'm just going to work. Just going to work. Just trying to pay my rent. Oh, fuck. So that's, that's Cropsy. That's a good murder. I, I mean, it's... Uh, that's what's good about it is the it's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you know, that's the that's the stats on this show is like, what's the worst thing you've ever heard in your life? I mean, don't you want to? Why hasn't anyone gone into the tunnels in that hospital and like dug around archaeologically and tried to find Karen hundredth episode? Let's fucking do it. <laughs> we get a school bus full of 11 children and drive them to Staten Just Island. Pay us the money to get plane tickets to Staten Island and to not stay in Staten Island because fuck that. We're staying in Manhattan. We got to stay in Manhattan. Yeah. We got to see Hamilton. Yeah. We got to go to the... <laughs> go, to the go to the shoe stores. <laughs> yeah. Then Cropsy. Then Cropsy. We, yeah. Oh, brother. Yeah. That was mine. What's that's, yours, George? There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye 
Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea, because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional, and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter her promo code space 80. Goodbye. Well, well, th- what's interesting about both of ours is that the murderer in question still alive in prison. Oh, still alive. How are these? It's like, isn't it weird that this person It's like in your mind? They're like, oh, they did these awful things that long ago. They're dead. Nope. No. Live, they had dinner tonight. They watched some TV. They watched some TV. Yeah. Had a conversation with the guard. Perhaps they played some bones. Probably play bones. Is that what people do in prison? I don't know what bones is. It's, it's Domino's. Oh. I bet that, yeah. What do you think he had for dinner? Something gross. Chicken nuggets? Yeah. Yeah. He had dinner. You got, that's better than what I've had for dinner. And he's a monster. And he's a monster. He's a monster. Speaking of monsters. Okay. My favorite murder is that of Michelle Wallace. Michelle with one L. And I remember seeing, I love cold cases. Like that's. I love when murders get solved, of course. Yeah. But cold cases are my, like, passion and my dream. <laughs> I'm passionate for people getting away with shit. Because it's just so curious. I'm just so curious. Yeah. But I also like that the, an- that the answer's never, like, satisfying. It's always like, that's just some fucking janitor asshole did this to all these people? That's such a bummer. I want it yeah. to be, like, a monster or something. Um, okay. So, and I remember watching a cold case of this a long time ago. And the two things that stuck out to me. Okay. She's a 25-year-old photographer this is 1974 she lives in Chicago she's like this free spirit photographer and and she travels the world and um taking photos and taking odd jobs and stuff um and she goes to in 1974 goes to Oregon spends a couple days in the Rocky Mountains just taking some photos I think Uh, I've seen this this one yeah is it a forensic files I think there's a forensic files on it um she's leaving the Rocky Mountains, and she does the classic 1970s I want to get murdered move. Do you know what that is? Is it hitchhiking? It's fucking hitchhikers. It's hitchhiking. She picks up hitchhikers. Oh, she picks them she up. She picks up <gasps> two dudes. Oh, no. What? One girl alone picks up two dudes. What the? F- 70s and 80s. Go- they're going to fucking prison. Yeah. 
what did they look like? I wondered that she was like, this is fine. Yeah, I don't know. Was and one like really car- short or something? <laughs> Listen, short guys are strong. Don't pick up anyone. And they're mad. And they're angry. Yeah. So we're going to get a lot of hate mail for this. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, I'm short. It's fine. Okay, so she drops one of them off at the bar, this one dude. And then, of course, she is never seen again. Mm-hmm. Um, then the guy who she dropped off couple like finds out this girl's missing and he's like wait a second she dropped me off and then the guy i was with who i barely knew said i'm gonna can you take me to my car actually and the and the guy was like i didn't think he had a car so i thought that was strange so they start looking his name is roy sorry the guy that got dropped off at the bar is the one that says that yeah he's like "Okay, okay i didn't think roy is his name had a car okay and he's like yo why did you let her leave with him fuck you know, like right there. You could have fucking fixed it. Anyways, um, Roy Mielson. Me, Melanson? Melanson. Should have looked that up before we started. <laughs> uh, Roy Melanson. He's a drifter and a convicted rapist. Mm-hmm. So, But he got out after a very short time. Sure. Why, why would keep you him keep, in? But yeah. yeah why this keep time him now in? he knows to kill the person so they can't ID him. You know, right. it's like that's yeah. how you do this. That's, that's how you progress. I'm having a panic attack. Uh, he's found with her driver's license, camping equipment, car keys, and pawn tickets for her camera. And this is one of the my favorite parts, of why it stuck with me. And I can't fucking find this online now. Some reason it's not up there anymore. The, they find the camera at the pawn shop. The la- they develop the film. It's all her photos in the Rocky Mountains. The very last photo is Roy sitting on a bed behind him laying down as a naked woman and it's it's not her, so he has her camera. You know, it's like that's the proof. Yeah, she she's missing, and you robbed her, and you took a photo of yourself. You fucking idiot! And I can't find that photo online. I know it was in the forensic files or or whatever. I totally remember, remember this episode this? because yeah, because it's so freaky. It's so freaky. But and this guy never got caught. No. Okay. Here's my other favorite part about this. Okay. Okay. Well, it's an awful story. Okay. Five weeks later, <clears throat> Michelle's mom just kills herself because she can't even deal it's like my daughter didn't come back she's i know she's dead kills herself um and then in 79 so what is that five six years later five years later this is the other part that's really fucked up and stuck with me they find just a scalp with two brown haired braids on it like a scalp only oh where'd they some hiker found it in near where near where she had picked up the hitchhikers so just a fucking scalp i'm gonna keep saying that because it's <laughs> fucking off just picture do you it. think it was like sitting on a log or <laughs> yeah definitely hanging from a branch probably they, sh- they showed it there's a photo which i there's they're sh- hanging from a branch <laughs> sorry well you gotta think like he didn't he definitely didn't scalp her probably this is animal work oh you think so well i guess if it's that clean maybe not but i would think so no i don't i I mean, I have no idea, but my first guess is, doesn't it all decompose at the same time? Like, why would the scalp still be there if nothing else is there? Well, and maybe an animal pulled it off, like was chewing at the... Maybe. Everyone is, who's listening right now and freaking out at us and hates <laughs> us so much. And it's, we've just lost well, half our listeners. Here's the thing, though. It's like, the that's kind of part of what's interesting about serial killers is when they do things. It's those markers. Mutilation. Of like, yeah. yeah. Not a lot of them... I don't think that's a normal, fi- like a, I don't know. What do you think? Well, sometimes it's like a calling card. Right. 
of like, oh, that's the thing is he wants to keep their hair or remove their yeah. hair. Or I don't know, whatever. Like, it makes me think of that, of like a, a scalping of, serial killer. There's way too, I've read way too much about cutting off nipples. I just can't read Ay, about cutting yay. off nipples anymore. I know. Your face is telling. Is it as... I'm just picturing it. The thought of it like hurt really bad. It hurts to think about it. So the thought of someone doing it, you have to be just a complete sociopath. Yeah. Clearly, you're a psychopath. Anyways, okay. And you, have, you clearly have a problem with your mother. Sorry. <laughs> That's fair. But it's true. That's fair. Okay. Uh, they find the scalp, but that's but you know it's 1979, and so they don't have a body, so they can't prosecute. So them. they put it in a brown cardboard box. <laughs> yeah. Like put it up on the shelf. Right in a hot room. Yeah. But like, there's like, there's no body, so they can't prosecute. But it's like, well, ugh. I feel like nowadays you can prosecute without a body much more easily. Yeah. Um, and then, so it, it, 12 years goes by, no body, this woman, Kathy Young, who becomes like the sheriff in town, or I'm sure I'm saying that incorrect. She's not, I'm sure she's much higher up. Uh, she hires this, this, um, company called NecroSearch, Oh, which I remember thinking at the time, that's what I want to do. I want to work there for a living. Like, I just want to, I want to like the uh, name volunteer. Alone. Yeah. <laughs> volunteer. I just want to, vol- I want to follow them like the Grateful Dead. I want to be the receptionist at ne- NecroSearch. I can be like, NecroSearch, yeah. may I help you? What's your, pro- what's your emergency? Skull and crossbones. Oh my- but they like, they, they like, they have r- uncovered what they, what they do is they find, and they're really good at uncovering clandestine grave sites. It's like, you badass motherfuckers. <sighs> Is that cr- how do well, they have like a they have like a, a farm they have a website they have a farm where they like bury pigs dead pigs and kind of understand the soil changes and like what you know what doesn't what doesn't look right out in the in oh, nature okay. what is man made what is placed there these sorts of things and like what is the deco- decomposition of this pile of um soil or dirt or like you know these these kinds of things what has been dug up in the past 10 years even that's different from the soil next to it do animals scalp people and keep the braids for themselves exactly (laughs) stuff like that well here's what happened is they took her braids and uh did some forensic analysis on them and found the uh leaves of a tree in that that was in a certain area of that those mountains Mm -hmm. so they went there they spread out on that area where the trees are day two fucking find her bones what was left of them wow i know these guys they've uncovered over 200 or they've they've taken on over 235 cases i don't know how many they found but and these guys these are the good guys necro search i love that i know I bet we're at a party. We would corner these people, and I bet they get kicked out of parties a lot, though. Oh my god! Yeah, I would never leave a necro searcher alone. No, can we get? Can we have a request if anyone knows a necro searcher to? I think they're in San Francisco to please have them be on the podcast. I just think that's insanely fascinating. It's almost like having X-ray vision. Like you can look at a forest or a like totally. what a you know a ditch and know what's wrong and what you know what's off. Absolutely. That's, well, the oh. woman who found. The bones was like they were all they were all searching for two days. She goes off the trail to take a piss in the woods, which Classic. seems like it shouldn't be allowed if you're looking for a so. <laughs> Hey, she's still human. Yeah. Well, and she looks and there's a ray of light flashing on a gold tooth. <gasps> she finds the skull. Oh, that's the that's the Lord's work. Yeah, and it was Sorry, the, this is where my Christian part comes in. <laughs> 
this is it oh, i know yeah, not not it. before she dies and she when he no 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 it doesn't belong there <laughs> well it's at the bottom of a ravine so like someone straight tossed oh, person over like didn't even didn't even bury her just threw her in tossed her over so they take uh roy Mielinson to trial he is found guilty in 93 so she gets killed in 90 in 74 found guilty in 93 um since then and i didn't know this until i started looking up to it he's been convicted for another murder which happened 50 days before michelle's murder Mm -hmm. in napa in 1974 yeah woman who was stabbed to death at a bar she owned and they found a cigarette butt that had his dna on it put it through the fucking codis the most amazing thing in the world uh found his dna match another woman in louisiana who fucking oh it's gruesome which so he's done it multiple times yeah at least twice that they know of through dna wow but they're not they're not taking the third one to trial because it's too expensive to do all these things for which sucks for that family yes you know but they know it's him yeah this now they know it's him but he's gonna go to jail anyway so their right. their rationale is he's there right which is why napa took them took him to trial is because he's he can be eligible for parole which i think is fucking hilarious for michelle's murder in like not in like the next 10 years eligible for parole so they convicted him to make sure that if that ever happens oh that's good he has to be extradited to california yeah, it's very strange the way the laws still work like that, where it's just kind of like, oh, and then we let him out again. Right. And then, but you know what? He was real good inside, so we let him out again. Yeah. We're like, well, at the trial, like, one of the jurors sneezed wrong, so he he's out. Yeah. And we don't have enough money to try him again, and we think we're going to lose. So. And we probably won't warn anybody, just to keep yeah. it interesting. Nope. The good thing about all of this is that hitchhiking pretty much doesn't exist anymore. Thank god we've talked about this before like i don't even understand like i know it's like an innocent time and shit but like <laughs> i don't think that's common sense any time in your life like, no at any point in history no i mean think of like if you were at a party with your friends friends you probably wouldn't want to be in a car with any of those people yeah and those are like cold so imagine if it's just anybody driving yeah. down the street have you ever hitchhiked? Is that negative of me? No. <laughs> no. What are you, you don't want to be a, a party with your friends? No, I've never hitchhiked. I've never done anything like that. I think I have when I was a kid, but like with a friend. And what? I think the person like, it was like an Irvine where it's just like the safest place in the world. But it was idiotic. And I think the person who picked us up like yelled at us. I did pick up two girls who were in junior high. It. We were driving home. We were driving up to Petaluma from L.A. Mm-hmm me and my ex and we stopped at a gas station and there were two little girls that were couldn't have been more than 14 years old sitting at this gas station it was two in the morning and they were they were trying to make phone calls the whole time we were getting gas i was watching them and they were trying to make phone calls and they were two doing this in the stuff morning? two in the morning and i was watching them and the guy that worked there wasn't seemed a little creepy yeah and he was kind of like coming out and looking at them and going back in and people would pull in and i was just the whole time staring at them and finally when we went to leave i was like drive over there and we pulled up and i was like do you guys need a ride home and they were like yep and immediately got in the car and i was like first of all never get into a car with people and then secondly did you go to lou sutton grammar school and they both went to my sister's grammar school (laughs) 
and I got names and they kind of smelled. It was like clearly they were from the bad side of town yeah. and they got like they probably snuck out. Right. And then got stuck somewhere and then ended up at this gas station out by the freeway where I was and like it's not walkable. No, it was it was it's like five miles away from any neighborhood. And it's all farmland and shit. Yeah. So we dropped them off and I I was like, don't ever do this again. And they were like, eh, and then yeah, ran in and uh, they will. But oh God, where are they now? I wonder if they remember you. Um, no, they both own that gas station <laughs> the, because of my setting them on their way yeah. correctly. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I just want to take a second to brag about something good <laughs> I did for the community. Do you mind? No, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. What if they went home and killed their mom? Can I turn this into a bummer real quick? They were the ones that were all along. Yep. That's a good twist to rue. It is. Let's write a book. <laughs> they went home and killed their mom. <laughs> Oh, I'm dead inside. Um, I want to read one of our. So at the end of the show, we like to do your favorite or your town. No, we do your town murder. Yeah. So either we'll have uh, a guest tell us a story, or we're asking you guys to send us uh, your stories. Should we start at my favorite murder Gmail? I probably should. Sure. Let's do yeah. it. There, my favorite mur murder Gmail. And then there's also um. There's also a Facebook a group, so you can start... Facebook page, we call it. Facebook page. <laughs> group. Page? I think it's a group. I don't know, I don't know what I Last said. Last time you just called it plain old Facebook page, and it made me laugh really hard. <laughs> <laughs> we have Facebook page. We have Facebook page uh, called My Favorite Murder, and you can tell your story on the front page, on the front, like, tell everyone your shit, and, like, you guys should, like, bond over it and stuff. I feel like I should also start a Twitter account... Maybe this is business that you guys don't need to hear about, but I should because uh, it seems like that's also a good way for people. You're to... really good at that, and it stresses me out to start from zero, like from zero followers. I'm really good at starting Twitter. Accounts. No, you're good at Twitter. Well, oh, thanks. Um, it's my passion. <laughs> I'm uh, really bad. I started like a year ago because I hated it, and I hate it now because I. It's a it's a difficult exercise. Yeah, it's just it's. Can you handle putting things out there and wanting something in return and not getting it? No. Well, or can you? Because you do it. <laughs> and then you get stuff. It's true. I do get stuff out of it. Um, okay. Yeah. Start one. Let's do that. Okay. okay. By this by this point that people are listening, it's going to be up anyways. Okay. We, I've made a whole file. Should we? Let's see. All right. I'm just going to, I'm going to close my eyes and scroll and pick one. Great. When, and if it sucks, then we'll delete it and start over. Okay. Okay. All right. This is from Todd Deck. Todd. You ready for this? Thanks, Todd. It starts the girl in the box. Hell yeah. Hello. Thank you both for sharing your love of true crime. Truth be told, I've always enjoyed the genre and never really got the opportunity to chat about it with people. Blah, 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 blah. It's now time for my true crime story. I am a new public librarian in a rural town. Already sounds awesome. Thank you. Dude. Thank you for your service. When I first started on the job, my first reference question was, where is the girl in the box? And my initial thought was, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. After some amateur sleuthing, I quickly learned that this patron was asking for a book called Perfect Victim. It's a true crime story detailing the story of a young female. Hit we fucking talked about this before. We on did, the yeah. This mm -hmm. guy did not. Oh, no. Has it gone up yet, that one? Yeah. Well, we didn't. It wasn't one of our favorite murders, so it was a sidebar story. Okay, so I'm not going to get mad at him. They later in Okay. Well, maybe you don't know what he knows about it. Is he just talking about the story itself, or does he have some personal connection? I think it happened in the small town he lives in. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, 
Should we? Let's do another one. Okay. But Todd, thanks because we love that story thanks, too. Thanks, Todd. No, I really appreciate it. We, we do uh, you know, it's a that story. That's one of the earlier ones that I ever heard about, and I just couldn't picture. I remember being like twelve or thirteen and hearing that story, and I couldn't picture what it meant. Like, yeah, how do you keep a person in a box under your bed? Yeah, how did how? Well, and I had one of those IKEA beds that had had drawers underneath <laughs> it, so I totally get it. You got it. <laughs> but they also put a box on her head. That was when they trapped her. Right. That's when they first had her in the car. They're all about boxes really in that family. The boxes. Weirdos. Very weird. Not that they also tortured a woman, but Yeah. And, and with the boxes, man. All right. There was one that had something about um John Walsh. And so I really want to read that one to you. Oh, yes, because... because of my theories yeah. that I've been reading. Oh, my favorite murder, Adam Walsh case. Here we go. Oh yeah. This is from E. Allen. It's very fucking long. Ethan Allen, the furniture maker? Ethan Allen. Hello, Big Georgia. Fan. Big fan. Um, what a great podcast. Thanks. Thanks. My info relates to the Adam Walsh who was abducted in 81 from a mall in Hollywood, Florida. In 1978, my dad had this great idea to move our family to Florida to get away from the brutal cold of western Pennsylvania. His growing paranoia and, his, and black ice phobias that killed my social life. Oh, I thought he was going to say killed my... Um, <laughs> we're not allowed to leave the house. da 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 can I skip over shit? Is that dick? I think so. Okay. By 1980, I found my first job at the Hollywood Mall uh-oh, in Woolworths working at the snack bar. Yeah. Free pretzels and ice cream. But sadly, the icy machine was always on the fritz. The mall was close enough to our house that I could ride my bike to it in about 15 minutes. And remember that it was an indoor mall with a lot of tropical plants, pastel colors, herds of seniors, and totally 80s vibe. The location of Adam Walsh's abduction was the Sears department store at the Hollywood Mall. Now, I wasn't working July 27th, 1981, the day when six-year-old Adam was abducted, but the news coverage was nonstop beginning that evening. From what I remember, Adam's dad, John Walsh, was the police top suspect to begin with. Mm -hmm. There was lots of silent and not silent judgments from neighbors and community people being about him and his wife, Reeve. Reeve? Um, by the way, they're still married with new replacement kids, he says. Oh, no. Jesus. That's the joke we made, though, right? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> we made that about Jean Benet right I no, think we opened we... the door on that, yeah, of, right. like, have some replacement kids. Oh, my, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Don't Sounds have one. Sounds pretty harsh, though, when you read it back. Yeah. Okay, so here's the freaky part, he says. My mom worked locally and came home for lunch that day. On her way back to work that afternoon, in which she had to drive right by the mall, she remembers being tailgated towards the freeway. The person eventually pulled around her to get by. It was to the point of her getting a good look at the vehicle and thinking the person was really in a big hurry. When the news of Adam's disappearance was on every local TV station, the police begged anyone with info to call. A tip reported by a witness said they saw Adam being pushed into a blue van by a blonde man when he was abducted. When we heard the info about the blue van on the news, my mom started screaming that the blue van had been tailgating her that day. <gasps> I can remember how crazy and gross and creepy it felt. She ended up calling the police and giving them the information. It's like a month later, they find Adam's head in a canal chopped off with a machete in another part of Florida somewhere. A deviant felon, Otis Tool, who, have you fucking read about this yeah. motherfucker? Yeah, he's the guy that was... Um... Him and Gary, yeah. Uh, uh, no, I was gonna say Gary Ridgeway, but that's no. Um, yeah, him and uh, him and the class, the guy that just murdered everybody, yeah, and fucked everybody. Yeah, we. Someone's yelling it at home. We need a third person to be the person to tell us. <laughs> uh, his name is. Hold on, I yes. just saw it today. He's he had a glass eye. Hold on, I know, just listened to the last podcast. The on last the left podcast about on the left did an episode, of a really good this. one. Let me find it. Oh my god, it's so irritating. I know. I know. It's. Um, 
But I also have a sidebar theory Go. on this if this person doesn't talk about it. Okay, I want to hear this. Hold on. Because Otis is the one that says he did it. You think the other guy did it? Or Otis, because he has two Ts, right. right? Henry Lee Lucas. Yes. He- right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Henry Lee Lucas. Another series. Okay. Uh, Bad Otis news. Tool arrested for something else confesses. Right. Tool says he drove around with Adam's head in his car for a few days before disposing of it. Tool confesses to killing Adam, but he told the police he snatched him in his car, which was an old Cadillac. Um, let's see here. He totally checks every box in the Know Your Serial Killer study. He then recanted his confession, but in 96, while dying in prison again, admitted to killing Adam. However, there's no actual evidence to link Tool to Adam. And um, so what about the blue van? Is this what you're going to say? Yes, go, go ahead. He says, so what about the blue van? In 2007, there was another investigation and witnesses linking Jeffrey Dahmer to Adam Walsh's disappearance. Is this what you're going to say? <laughs> he was in Florida at the time and drove a blue van for work. Yeah. If you read that info on, if you read info on Dahmer, he didn't cut off victims' heads. He did cut off victims' heads. He did. Often boys, but none as young as Adam. But Dahmer denied killing Adam. Is Dahmer still alive? No. They killed him in jail. Good. Um, the police and John Walsh believe that Tool was the killer of Adam. Police closed the case. Now, here's another thing. If he is that done, yeah. Because oh, wait, no. He says, "Karen, you are hilarious on Twitter, and I loved your Mark Mar- Maron interview." Oh, thanks. This was Ethan Allen. Oh, e. Wait. Allen. Yeah, E. Allen. And then he says, "Wait, Georgia, I don't really know your work." <laughs> on the murder podcast. I think you're cool. Thanks, oh, nice. E. Yeah. Thanks, E. Um. So I was reading all those, like, the Jeffrey Dahmer thing came in, out of the blue. I was like, what? Which is kind of amazing. But it but it didn't seem like that was his, his he, he's not a kid. Yeah, but cutting off a head and driving a blue van are so much closer than just to some guy being like, yeah, I totally did it. Yeah, absolutely. You know and I mean? blonde and, like, young and blonde. And they, they had a really clear description. But here's the thing. Um, Adam Walsh both of his front teeth were missing the day that he was there at the mall because they're the, his picture, I think it's his baseball picture mm-hmm. that they used of like, have you seen this boy had only been taken like a week or two before mm-hmm. and he has no front teeth. And the, the head that they found in no. the canal had one front tooth. So there's my a, whole body is shivering a whole theory that the boy in the canal was not adam sorry i need a minute i'm like literally gonna start crying right now oh no is it (laughs) that is the most life is so crazy it's so crazy and like the answers we're being given aren't necessarily the truth they're just used to placate us or the bad part of me telling you that is that in learning it and i was just this was me because i was home at my family so i spent tons of time just staring at my phone like in my room and so I clicked on one too many links because I'm very good at avoiding upsetting things. Yeah. I never, like, you know, never listen to 911 calls. Yeah. I try not to look at too many pictures. But I clicked on this thing and they had the picture of the retrieved. No, they did not. Decapitated head that they found in the canal. And a, why is that like public? It's like a, it's a, you can tell it's a yeah. crime scene photo, black Someone and white. took a photo of it. But I wish I hadn't seen it. But did yeah. Did you see but, the tooth? Yep. And did it look like Adam? I don't, I mean, you can only see part of the fit. Here's the thing. I truly only looked at it for like four seconds because you know the, you know how in a movie when there's a decapitated head and they look like they're kind of melting. You said decapitated, by the way. Decapitated. You've said it twice (laughs) now. I thought it was just an accident, but then you just did it again. I don't think I normally say that. (laughs) 
that's what you do. It's I always try to get a little sexual with stuff like this. I think it's appropriate. Just to get, just to remind everybody yeah. to stay sexy. And just like not to get too fucked up. It's yeah, like, don't okay. get, don't, remember dicks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't Jesus. mean to do that at all. Um, it's such an upsetting looking yeah. picture that I only looked at for a second, but there's one big, like, child's grown in front tooth absolutely in the front. So there's no way in 12 days that boy yeah. grew that tooth in. And it, the one of the most upsetting things I read when I was reading that story is, he was standing at the at like a PlayStation or an Atari mm-hmm. stand in Sears with mm-hmm. his mom, and his mom went away to go get something, and he he was he was twenty feet away, if not less, and she just went to go over here to like return something, and then there was a fight. The kids started fighting about the video right. game, and a security guard came and kicked them all out, pushed them out of the Sears, made them all leave. So a six-year-old is standing out on the sidewalk alone, kicked out of the Sears, and like no too idea. shy to go back inside or be like, no, my mom's in there. I have yeah. to be in there. He just goes where they tell him to go, and he basically is standing out on the street alone. I'm going to throw up. Sorry. No, it's incredible. Like that that to me is like this is what it felt like to be in the 80s. Like you just always felt like you were about to be fucking snatched off the goddamn street. Yeah, like of this story specifically. Yeah, people didn't know to tell their kids like if a like a security guard is not a cop and right. you can tell an adult no. Uh, my mom's over there. Right. You can do things. But he was so little. How old was he? 6. Oh, he's a baby. He's a baby. Oh, people are awful. Super gross. Why is life <laughs> so? Uh, but we... that was a uh, that was a good one. His mom potentially could could be supporting the Dahmer theory of the Adam Walsh yeah, case. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I wonder why John is sticking to Tool. Oh, Tool, Tool, Oh, Tool, Otis Tool. Yeah, I wonder why he like wa- he doesn't want to change it. He probably they want man, it to be over. He's got to be intense, right? John Wall? Yeah. Oh, you mean like at dinner? Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody wants to talk to him at a party. No, I don't think so. How's your, how are you? I honestly feel like the couple times I've like let my mind slightly wander into the possibility of that. And like, I would just be on pills the day, from the day it happened until the day I died. Why would you ever? Well, like this, like fucking Michelle's mom. Just bye. Check out. Yep. Can't. I can't. So much. Fuck. Please don't kill us, everyone. How do we end this on a positive note? Uh, please don't kill us, everyone, is as positive as one could get. As this gets. By the way, this is a comedy podcast, right? <laughs> like, technically? That's what they say. <laughs> I mean, it's more like a slumber party where things yeah. happen that are great and then things happen against your will. <laughs> And that's just junior high. Too bad. In life, man. That's too bad. <laughs> Are, um, so is that counting as our hometown? Yeah, unless you have one that you want to. Well, I have. I have my friend Audrey's from when I went home. Oh my god, yes. It's just that I recorded it at my niece's ninth birthday party. So <laughs> that's so sick. Yeah, we were in the other room. We were far away from yeah. any child. I just love that. At it was a party, mostly adults. Like, yeah, let's go in the other room. And- I- and this is my friend Audrey, who I've been friends with since sixth grade. Okay, I love it. Uh, and it's about my hometown too. Yeah, which is equally exciting. Okay, let me make this work. All right. So my favorite story—it's not really a murder, but it's something that happened here in Petaluma. Um, it was like 2003, and it, the guy was known as the Petaluma Prowler. 
That's a great story. I love that they just ran him out of town like yeah. Wild West style instead of... <laughs> just like Sacramento's problem now. Yep. Go up there. Gosh, that's... I wonder, yeah. That's a good story. Like, you wake up because someone's tickling your feet. What the fuck? You know what? Here's the thing, though. Don't hitchhike, as we've said. But don't leave your windows and doors open at night. I don't care how hot it is. Yeah. Sweat your fucking balls off. Or move upstairs. Move... Literally, I would never live on the ground floor because of... Because I'm a terrified anxiety filled human being i mean it makes sense but also there's it's like that thing of people getting in people wanting to get into your house yeah they'll do it if they want to do it when i walk by this is awful i shouldn't admit this when i walk by a house i'm like i could get into that house <laughs> <laughs> like i'm just like this is what's wrong with this person i could i could i want to get into their house to be like look it i'm in here look should i be in here was. no no should you be <laughs> and you live on a busy street and i snuck right in I have that feeling in New York all the time, but it's almost like the opposite where you can look into people's like apartment yeah. windows in the front, but it almost feels like, like the, because it's so common, yeah. it's not as, it's not as inviting because it just happens all the time. Yeah. People are used to being able to see right into someone's life. Yeah. Don't do, don't do that. <laughs> well, a tickle, tickling is a much funnier thing to end on than a toothless I mean, it's, sli it's slightly up. I think he was a little molestier than, the, you know, the tick, the pedal and tickler is kind of a fun. It's like the hamburglar <laughs> yeah. burglar where it's like, yeah, actually it was. You know. Did you say the hamburglar? Yeah. <laughs> but I messed it up. I love it. I tried to put the word dick in there. I was laughing over a hamburglar. <laughs> Decapitated. Uh, send us to my favorite murder. Send us your hometown stories. We fucking love them. Yeah. Not, it doesn't have to be a murder even, like crime, like crazy crimes, shit crime, that happens. something creepy, like a cropsy story, Fucked the woods. Up. Oh, and people who live near the woods that have creepy woods yeah. things. And then go to iTunes and review us and subscribe yes. and do those things that help us. Please rate, review, rate, review, subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. Please do that. Because like, you know, two women hosting a podcast. Let's please. Let's beat the men. <laughs> <laughs> making this feminist out of nowhere are you gonna make it like you didn't believe in us like two women hosting a podcast this thing's bullshit no i mean like don't you guys want us to do well because we're two women and we're like yeah hillary do you hear us yeah i'm making this feminist immediately Fun. don't don't kill women <laughs> uh 
it really is ultimately yeah a femi- oh, yeah it's a feminist movement it is i'm talking about we're murder fucking we're feminists uh bleh. is that all anything yeah, else no any final thoughts don't murder us <laughs> this really seems like a concern of yours i do i was just thinking like i don't want to talk about it because i'm just going to convince someone to kill me by telling them <laughs> why i think it's possible like they should do it because I, I have to say i feel ready i've been prepared for so long that was karen by the way i just want everyone to know that was karen who said that oh my god i'm gonna i'm gonna prepare my speech for when it happens like to the news like i just didn't we didn't know here's your speech she asked for it (laughs) straight up intentionally recorded it set it into a microphone all right thanks for listening guys (laughs)